This podcast is sponsored by T&D PowerSkills, creating the standard in line worker training. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's Frontline Fundamentals. How common is common sense? And I've got to tell you two things. First thing is I am really, really, really excited about the next hour not because of what I want to share with you, but because of what we can learn and share hopefully with each other. Uh, And I'll just go ahead and start by saying, the goal here is not to establish, actually, even though the title reflects that, how common is common sense or whether it exists or not or whatever else. Our ultimate goal, we will debate that. And, but our ultimate goal is gonna be the assumption that common sense exists and probably worse yet the assumption that we all have the same or similar similar levels of common sense for a given task and the impact that that has on safety so in saying that i can't encourage you enough to uh and it's a pretty big crowd so uh it'll have to be through chat so let's start with just make sure um that everybody knows how to use the chat window, which I'm assuming you do. So if everybody can just say hello or good morning or good afternoon, I guess, depending on what time zone you're on, uh, it's afternoon here. I see a lot of you doing that. Okay, good. Uh, so for those of you that don't know me, my name's David McPeak. I won't go through a long introduction at all um, because, as a matter of fact, I'm not going to go through any introduction at all because what I'll say is these webinars are based on articles that we write in the IP magazine, okay? And I hope you all get IP magazine. If you don't, you should, it's a free magazine. A lot of really great resources uh, in there. Articles you can use for training, uh, things to think about. So uh, I'm I'm glad you're here today. You can see the next one that I'm excited about. Uh, I'm calling it the safety paradox. That article will come out in the June edition of Incident Prevention Magazine. The webinar will be on July 14th if you want to pencil in that date. Uh, We're gonna talk there and and about, and and it's another topic that kind of relates to what we're talking about today and uh, some things we've written about in past articles and and had discussions about as well. But the, the fundamental paradox being, I am my brother's and my sister's keeper. I am responsible for my own safety. I believe that both of those statements are true. And I believe that both of those statements are complimentary. In other words, I can be responsible for myself and be responsible for you. But I think especially in today's world as PPE and whatnot has gotten so good and safety devices have gotten so good, organizations to their credit have gotten so good in a lot of cases at culture and other things I think people are starting to assume that folks will take care of them and that they are protected and they lose a little bit of their own responsibility in that, which creates a paradox. So I'm really excited about that one. And again, I'm excited about today and, and we'll, I hope can get into a good lively debate to start with about common sense. And I I really do welcome and want everybody's opinion on that. And, And then as we progress through, we will certainly get into more of, the implications and application of the assumption of common sense. So uh, 
Um, again, and, and I wanted to ask a, a very simple question. How many of you subscribe to Incident Prevention Magazine? Hundred percent so far. I'm going to leave that open for just a second and make sure. Um, I guess that makes sense if you think about the fact this webinar is based on an article in IP Magazine, and that's kind of how you sign up. Okay, good. Um, 100% of everybody, at least everybody that answered, uh, is a subscriber of IP Magazine. I love that magazine, uh, not because of my part in it, but because of uh, the other articles. And I mean, I just, I love reading Jim's stuff and Danny's stuff and uh, just, it's such a good, I, I just encourage you when you get it, be it digitally or, or on paper or both, however you consume it, uh, take the time and read it. There's a fascinating article in the current edition right now that I've kind of been working my way through about complacency and how our brain forms habit patterns. A lot of things I didn't know. Uh, and it makes the, I've got it in front of me right now. If I can find it real quick. Uh, if you haven't read it yet, float over, not during the webinar, cause you should pay attention to, to, to this today in our discussion. But on page 22, there's an article called the Bi biological basis of complacency. And it, it says this sort of, I guess, is the tagline or the subtitle. Complacency is a byproduct of habit. This was the part that really caught me. Not a conscious choice or moral failing. And anyway, I'm, I'm not proposing right now to agree, disagree with it or, or anything else. But uh, I just, uh, among the other articles in there, that one's certainly probably worth a read. So. Anyway, let's jump into today's discussion. And we've already got a little chat going on about common sense, which is good. I encourage that. Uh, so again, our main point here is to, to talk about this statement that you see right now. The assumption of its existence negatively impacts, among other things, but our focus, leadership, safety, and operational excellence. Okay, and, and, and again, I, I would even add to that maybe the assumption of its existence. And again, the fact that it's the same or similar in everybody is true. So let me start with uh, a couple of questions here. And I hope you see the relation to common sense. And I really don't want us to, you don't have to answer the first, what are there, five questions there, four questions. The, the fifth one I want us to talk about, and we're gonna spend some time on. But really think about this from a common sense perspective. How did how did most of you, if not all of us, how did you learn the stove was hot? And I'll give, if you want to answer those uh, in the chat window, you can, or just answer them to yourself. Um, I would imagine a lot of us are similar to what I'm seeing right there. We touched it, right? Now, common sense would tell us not to do that. So there is the first thing that whether or not common sense exists, decidedly it is learned, right? And so one of the things that I would propose as we go through this is maybe consider replacing the word common sense with culture because culture is what drives behavior and we learn culture through experiences. I'm just throwing that out there now. Now, uh, I, I, I hope this sentence looks good when you type it out and say, why do people not utilize I and I? I realized when I abbreviated it, it looked kind of silly, but think about it. If, if you're working on an energized power line or any, any kind of 
energized circuit, electrical circuit, and I don't care what the voltage is, whether it's in your house changing out a plug or working on an energized power line. Why in the world, if we all had the same level of common sense, is it not common sense that we should insulate and isolate and protect ourselves? And if that common sense exists, then how in the world do we have as many fatalities, flashes, burns, uh, horrible incidents that we have every year, if it's common sense? Because another thing that I'll propose right now for your consideration is, if common sense truly existed, we really wouldn't need safety. If common sense truly existed, we could just count on people to do the right thing because it's common sense. Common sense would tell you if it's icy outside, you should be extra careful and not fall. How many of us have ever slipped on ice? Uh, you know, common sense would say it would be very difficult, if not impossible, if I use common sense to lock my keys in the car. That's a fun one there. Let's do this one. Uh, let, let me let me launch another poll question on this one because I just, to me, these these kinds of things are fascinating. Uh, how many of you have ever locked your keys in the car before? All the oh, we got a couple that haven't. Wow. Okay. All right. So we got about a 90-10 split right now. I will uh I'll just let you see that. That's exactly how it panned out right there. Um funny story that I won't elaborate on. I actually locked my keys in the trunk of my car one time. I really want you to think about while I was getting gas at a gas station. Uh so uh, I, I solved that problem and I joke about it, but I tell people all the time, like, I, I promise you, I will never lock my keys in the trunk of my car again. Does anybody know why I can guarantee you I will never lock my keys in the trunk of my car again? Traded it in, got a truck. And that's right. I no longer have a, a trunk at all. So uh, there you go. Now, this is my favorite now, it's not my favorite one. And, and those of you that have been in any class with me before any of these sessions or have talked to me for more than five minutes uh, in a safety-related conversation probably know that my ultimate pet peeve and the incident that I hate the most, and I guess I should say hate the most from a preventability standpoint, uh, the ones you hate the most are obviously when somebody is fatally or very tragically injured, severely injured. But how in the world, if common sense exists, could we possibly ever set an outrigger down on someone else's foot? And this happened, and it has happened more than once. How in the world could somebody ever set an outrigger down on their own foot if common sense exists, and we could count on people to use common sense? And I really, I, no, that's the one nobody will ever be able to explain to me. Either way, whether it's somebody setting an outrigger on their own foot or somebody setting an outrigger on somebody else's foot. I, 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 you can't explain that. I, I, it's just, it, to me, it demonstrates how little common sense we have. Now, this will surprise you, or maybe it won't, but uh, let, let me ask again. How many of you at your organization have ever had somebody set an outrigger on their own foot or somebody else's foot? And I, I really, I encourage everybody, please vote on this one because I want to I know what the percentage pans out to be. All right, it looks like almost everybody's in. So 
Look at this. Look at this. Not quite half. Almost half of everybody here at their organization, it has happened. How in the world, how in the world does that happen, especially if common sense exists? So I will, and again, I wish that, that we had the ability right now for some of you to uh, unmute and talk because I realize this is going to require a little bit of typing. So I'm going to pause right now. Is common sense common or does it even exist at all? And I would, I just won't right now, let's just take, two or three, four minutes, and everybody just express your opinions about common sense, how common it is and or not. And and I think possibly if anybody wants to raise their hand, uh, I can unmute you and allow you to talk if you don't feel like typing it in because I really welcome, I want everybody's thoughts sort of as a baseline right now Common sense. Does it exist? Is it common? Does it not exist at all? I don't see any brave hands raised. So that means you're all diligently typing away right now. And, um, Ooh, okay. I want to read some of these. This is some insightful things here. Uh, where was it? Common knowledge, but not common sense. Like I kind of like that though. Uh, less common than it used to be, different for each group. Now, I think that's probably a, a good point. Uh, it does exist, but we become complacent. Back to that article I was mentioning uh, that I hope you'll all read. Common knowledge, back to that, can be expected, but common sense is questionable. Um, and, and I'll propose now, while, while everybody's still typing, how do you make knowledge common? And by that, I mean training programs, obviously, because we can't also assume, I think, that folks have common knowledge. So I like this concept of common knowledge versus common sense, experience driven, no doubt. Uh, unfortunately for a lot of us, it's negative experience. Oh, can common sense be taught? That's an interesting thing. Can you teach somebody common sense? And, and thank you all. I was, I'm, I'm fascinated reading through these and I hope you all are taking the time to do it as well because uh, again, and this is the point in time we'll do this and have sort of this discussion about common sense, how common it is, does it exist at all? And then we'll focus much more the rest of our attention on the application and implication in our safety programs. Yeah, yeah. So how do you balance? We can't train everybody on how to like walk up steps safely, right? I mean, three points contact, I'm sure we do at some point in time or walk down the hall without falling or you know, I, some of you have heard me use this example before, but there was a situation where somebody was skinning wire, cut themselves with a pocket knife. And the person's supervisor responded and said, well, his daddy should have taught him how to use a knife. And I think, and we've kind of hit on it already, especially a lot of the fundamental skills, I think you used to could assume folks have. Maybe they do, maybe they don't now. Uh, I see a hand raised. Let me see if this actually works. Uh, man, I don't know. If, go ahead. Is that working? It is working. I can hear you. Perfect. Thank you. All right. How are you, David? 
I'm fantastic. How are you? Good. So my, my thought, I guess, on common sense is, is that I think that for some reason, in a lot of ways, we've gotten away from teaching people why we're doing something and just teaching them how to do it. Okay. And so for me, my, my common sense comes from the fact that I failed a lot. And, uh, and so I learned what not to do based on things that I know don't work. And so I think that uh, for me, I've always liked to kind of teach people not only how to do something or how I expect them to do it, but why we're doing it. And, and in that, when you understand what the outcome is supposed to be and why, I think that that's where common sense is learned on my side. Yeah. Um, thank you for that point. Teach the why and the how. More of the why. Because if you only teach the how, you're right. You're robbing people of your experiences and other things like that. And somebody made a good point. Make sure when you're typing in the chat window that you have selected two all panelists and attendees. If you want everybody to be able to see your response, if you type just two all panelists, only I can see it. So uh, if, if you want to share, and maybe for those of you that didn't know that or didn't realize that, uh, if you could go back and copy and paste yours and choose to everybody so everybody can read all the responses because those are um, really. But uh, Dan, thank you so much for that. That's such a good point, And I really hadn't thought about that. Sometimes maybe the way we train folks can impact the level of common sense that they have. Uh, anybody else? That obviously works, and we know that that works. Now, if you want to raise your hand, you can talk. And I welcome you to do that throughout the presentation uh, because I, I really want this to be a whole lot more of a conversation than a presentation and, and to get all of our insights on common sense, where it comes from. And so if, if you read the large majority of the comments, I think it's fair to say there is such a thing as common sense, whatever it is, probably very difficult to quantify and measure. And most of that common sense that we have now is based on experiences. And, and that's what a lot of us are saying. And then a lot of you made some very good points about common knowledge instead of common sense. So we will now switch gears and sort of forget all the semantics of the word common sense and how it's defined and what level it exists to and uh, talk instead about then a, a couple of things that I, I hope we all can agree on, which is this. And uh, I, I don't know if you, I hope you took the time to read, read the article and if you've got it in front of you, that's great. If you don't, that's fine too. Uh, but you'll, I hope you'll notice this. Sometimes these presentations don't necessarily follow in order the article and they go in a little more deep. This one follows the article pretty well. So if you have it available, uh, might be good as a reference, but variations in common sense. And in the article, it talks about, you know, that first thing, people are equal, but never the same. And it gives a longer list and says, you know, each of us has different levels of situational awareness and risk tolerance, as, as you see on the screen there, but also preconceived notions about worksite conditions and hazards preferences, motivations, tendencies, the work methods we prefer, the way we like a job to be done. So a key point there is no two people, no two groups are the same. And I even argue to a certain extent, no one person from day to day and hour to hour and minute to minute in terms of risk tolerance, situational awareness, all those things I just listed is exactly the same. So you could add common sense to that list, right? No two people have exactly the same level of common sense for a given task, probably. Now, I don't propose 
by saying this, that making decisions ever based on your gut feelings is a bad thing. Sometimes that may be appropriate, very rarely, especially at work and especially when we're talking about safety. Also, usually not a good idea, with, especially with safety again, that we make decisions purely based on comfort and convenience. Unfortunately, we do quite a bit. That availability bias we talk about. Uh, so intentional decision-making. And folks obviously make decisions different ways. Sometimes based on what we might perceive as common sense. Sometimes what we might perceive as fact. Sometimes based on assumptions. And we'll talk about some decision-making tools later that can help with intentional decision-making. And then I think one of the, probably the key points and another thing equally almost up there with the outriggers on people's feet is incident investigations, root cause analysis, the time, the effort that we put into those. And always, please let me say, uh, when I'm using the term we, that is not reflective. I don't mean me. I don't mean you. I don't mean your organization. I'm just making a general statement. But I would imagine it's probably true for all of us. At some point in time, there was an incident. Maybe you were part of the investigation. Maybe you weren't. Maybe you were part of the incident. Uh, maybe you were responsible for writing the reports afterwards, making the corrective actions, doing the training associated with it, whatever it may be. But how often it amazes me the time and the effort that we put into investigating incidents and then the whole corrective action that we come up with, well, we should pay more attention. We should focus on the task. Not those are good things. I mean, definitely people should pay attention. They should focus on the task. They should follow the rules. But if all you're going to come up with as the result of an incident investigation is basically in some form or fashion to say we should use more common sense, i.e. follow the rules, pay more attention, focus, whatever. Why even do the incident investigation? And I think that that's where you really start getting into the more we assume folks have common sense and the more we assume that that common sense is common, then we're eliminating actually finding out the causes and understanding the environment and the reasons that incident occur. And we get into those do better kind of corrective action sort of things. Uh, so that is for sure. Uh, I'm just making the point now. People are different. People are different. We're all different. Some in good ways, some in bad ways, but we're all different. So we certainly can't assume when we're talking about something like common sense that we all have the same level of common sense. Well, what does that mean? And just to make the argument, because this is one of those, as I was writing this article, uh, have you ever tried to think about something and given yourself a headache? Anybody ever done that before? This was one of those for me when I was really starting to think about how I felt personally about common sense. And that's why I'm so excited and thank you again for how much everybody shared. But one of the ways that I thought about was, you know, and it, it says it in here and I, I just want to read a little bit of the article. Perhaps the best way to make the argument that common sense doesn't exist is to assume it does because this really got me down a train of thought here. Um, Think about it. a world truly based on common sense sounds ideal, right? We wouldn't need to create culture or lead people because they would always do the right thing. We could eliminate our safety programs because people would be able to identify and control hazards on their own. 
and we could throw away our safety and work methods manuals because people would always know what to do and how to work. It would just be common sense. So think about these things. I mean, to a certain extent, is it common sense not to text and drive? I think most of us would probably agree that it's common sense not to text and drive. Uh, let me actually ask uh, a poll question to make a good point here. So uh, how many of you agree with that statement? It's common sense that you should not text and drive. All right, so right now we've got about an 85 to 15% split. 85% of you saying yes, 15% of you saying no. Now, how many of you, and I should note, I believe all your responses are anonymous in the polls. I'm not going to pull a report and whatever, but how many of you have ever uh, texted while you were driving? Applause to the 9% of you that have not. And thank you for your honesty to the now 89% of you that have. So I guess that's, that's a pretty good point to think about there is we all pretty much agree that it's common sense not to do it. And yet we've all done it. So we could make the case, even if we believe common sense exists, it doesn't necessarily have a positive impact on our behavior. Speed limit. If you just purely went by common sense, the word limit means as fast as you can go. So therefore everybody would drive the speed limit or less. And yet I would argue, and I'm not gonna take the time for a poll question right now, but I would argue probably at least 90% of us always go at least a mile an hour over the speed limit, which really isn't common sense again. So uh, think about the hierarchy of controls in electrical work. So we're working on something that's energized. Okay. <laughs> I love that. Everybody always says that, right? You just, you throw out the speed limit sign and that's the first thing that pops in everybody's mind is it's a suggestion. Yeah. How many rules do we view as suggestions? Right. Uh, but if we truly, I really want, I'd, I'd invite a couple of answers here. If we truly believed in the hierarchy of controls from top to bottom, and we were gonna work on an energized circuit, how would we control it? These days, so many safety and training managers are at a loss about how to approach line worker training for their apprentices and journeymen. Things are changing fast and you need a solution that has the flexibility to keep up. TND Power Skills is that solution. With 78 in-depth video-based training units all designed with the adult learner in mind, TND Power Skills has created a comprehensive line worker and training solution. This training ensures that line workers will absorb the info they need through engaging video, detailed workbooks, quizzes, final exams, and our custom essential field performance requirements checklists. Whether your goal is to build an 8,000-hour apprenticeship program, or if you just need refresher training and continuing education, TND Power Skills is the one-stop shop for your line worker training needs. To learn more, find us online at tdpowerskills.com. Again, that's tdpowerskills.com. Be sure to use the referral code PODCAST2022 to get an exclusive podcast listener 5% discount. Yeah, that's a good example with the pandemic right now. And I certainly don't want to like uh, start any kind of political arguments or whatnot, but I think it is fair to say common sense 
decidedly there is a great divide on things like mask and social distancing and all those sort of things. Uh, so, you know, but yeah, you're all hitting it. De-energize it, turn the power off, eliminate the hazard, eliminate the hazard. That's where we always should start, at least. How often do we ever even consider that when we're thinking about and planning our work? And I guess we should be fair to the folks in the field and say, that usually has to be considered by someone two to three weeks ahead of a job for it to ever happen. But nonetheless, we make the assumption that we can't do it. So we don't do it when common sense tells us it should be our first choice. So, you know, how often do we skip like the first three or four levels of that hierarchy of control and go straight to PPE? And so if you were with, with us last month, we had a huge discussion about that. I'm going to, I won't, uh, reiterate any of that discussion, but, you know, common sense is you should never actually need your PPE. You should always use it. And yet it's almost like our preferred method of hazard control. Uh, this one was interesting to me as I, as I was just thinking about some examples of common sense. Would it not be true if common sense truly did exist that we were, when we were using equipment, let's just take a line truck or something like that, for instance, uh, that we would never side pull and all our pulls would be vertical and straight up and down. We would never use the boom to support the weight of a pole. We would never use our pickup truck to pull wire. Not that any of you have ever done that before. Um, there's a lot of things we wouldn't do. And if we didn't do those things and we use the equipment always like we should, think about how much that would extend the life cycle of the life cycle, not the like cycle. Although if your equipment was uh, in better shape, you might like it better. So the like and life cycle, we'll say that, of your equipment, right? Common sense would tell you, and uh, I'll use her as an example because I'm, I'm not talking behind her back. This is something we joke about all the time. But my wife is one of these. How many of you are like this? Like if she's got to be somewhere, and if you pulled up Google and not that it's this specific, like a Google Maps or a driving app, and it said it was going to take you two minutes and 13 seconds to arrive at your destination, she would leave our house two minutes and 13 seconds exactly to get there. And that only puts you in the parking lot, not the building. And that makes a whole lot of assumptions that there won't be any kind of extra traffic or like you hit a red light or something like that. Uh, but if we used common sense, I would argue in most cases, nobody would ever be late because they would leave a little bit earlier. And think about quality. We would do it right the first time because common sense tells us if we got to go back and do it again, or if there's any kind of rework and or if the system fails or whatever else, over the course of time, that will make us less productive. But quality suffers. Common sense would tell us that you know, we, we like all our fingers and toes, so to speak, so we should work safely. And yet we make choices not to. So this was as I was thinking about my personal feelings about common sense. And, and I will say this, this whole article started in a fascinating discussion. I had in a frontline live session with a group of folks one day that were going through frontline online. And we were talking about this very subject and it re really inspired me to think about it a little more and a lot of what you see is actually some of their thoughts, which I thought were really good and really valid about common sense. But that really was the way that 
helped me understand my feelings about common sense was to do exactly what we're doing right now is perhaps the best way to prove common sense doesn't exist is to assume it does. Because if we assume it does, I think everything we just talked about, at least to a certain extent, is probably true. So then, the next topic and the most important topic that we want to talk about is the implication and application of common sense. Again, truly at the end, of the, I, I hope when this is over that truth be told, it really doesn't matter how we define common sense and whether we believe in it or not. What matters is what we do to protect ourselves and to protect our coworkers. And so I, I put this quote up here that I use a lot lead, manage, and interact with people how they are and not how we wish they were. Now, I think it's all, it's fair to say we wish that everybody had common sense and we wish for whatever task that we're performing, everybody had, I'll use the term you all are using a lot, both common sense and common knowledge, but it's not, I was going to say not fair. That's not really the right word. It's, it's probably not a good idea, we'll say that, to assume that that's true. Some may have more common sense than others. Some may have more knowledge than others. Uh, the, the sense and the knowledge are not that common. So we lead manage people how they are. And people have different levels of risk tolerance. People have different levels of situational awareness, that whole list of things we talked about earlier which is where we get into, again, not relying on gut feeling, common sense, those sort of things, comfort and convenience for our decision-making, but relying on tools. And my two favorite decision-making tools are on the first line there. The E plus R equals O, event plus response equals outcome from Jack Canfield's Success Principles. Uh, if you ever get a chance to read that book, great book, that's principle one, take 100% responsibility. So it's like chapter one. You don't have to read much of the book to to get the detail on that. But essentially what Jack explains with that equation is we can't always, and most of the time probably don't control the events in our life. But if we clearly define what we want the outcome to be, that will help make our response almost automatic. So I think we focus a lot on the events, which is where we try to sort of blame other people, make excuses, those sort of things, rather than thinking about what we want the outcome to be and how to respond accordingly. A tool I really love, and I'm sure that little brief uh, explanation of it didn't do it justice. Uh, a very similar tool that kind of says exactly the same thing in a different way that a lot of you are probably familiar with, especially if you've ever had any human performance training, is STAR. Well, actually, the tool is called a self-check in the DOE handbook. But they use STAR, which stands for Stop, Think, Act, Review. And the way we explain that is you stop before you do anything for as long as necessary. Most of the time, that's going to be a very brief pause. Then you think about, again, similar to E plus R equals O, what do I want the outcome to be? What am I trying to accomplish? How prepared am I? How much sense and knowledge do I have for this task? And once I've verified all the system conditions and what I need and all that, then I act. And then after I react, after I act, I review to see whether my goal was accomplished and if I could have done anything better. Other HP tools, and if you want, if you want to look these up, just sometime look up the DOE Human Performance and Handbook Volume 2. 
but validate assumptions is a great one. And I think that's probably fairly self-explanatory. And then a questioning attitude. And I love a questioning attitude. And this is not a disrespectful devil's advocate kind of always questioning everything. But this is where we truly do create an environment and a culture where people are not only feel safe to speak up, but they're encouraged to speak up when they have questions, when they have concerns, when they don't understand. And how often do you, in hearing work, and I especially love like if you're ever doing any kind of rigging or lifting something, you know, how often do we just make assumptions? I think we can pick this up, or I think this piece of equipment is going to hold, you know, it picked up a 40 foot pole. So surely it'll pick up a 50 foot pole sort of thing. Uh, so use these tools, whichever you prefer, maybe in combination, there's a lot of other tools out there and you have things like job briefings and a whole lot of other things. JHAs come to mind, post job briefings that help you and encourage you to use these tools to gain situational awareness, to use the hierarchy of control, to identify hazards and to control hazards. And then from a safety standpoint, again, like I said, we can't just assume folks are gonna do the right thing. We can't just assume everybody has common sense. What we have to do is create culture. And that was really one of the things that I hope is a, uh, a point you can understand and that will resonate with you is maybe replace the word common sense completely with culture. And again, culture being defined as your combination of experiences, values, beliefs, norms, whatever, that drive behavior. So create the right kind of culture and then have a safety and health management system that supports that culture first and also includes the hierarchy of controls and all those other things that we talked about. And I just, I cannot overstress the importance of the implication and the application. And, and I wanted to read as we're talking about this, two things here, uh, because it would be easy to take some of this maybe the wrong way. So let me be clear about two things. And I'm reading from page five, if you're following along in the magazine right now, uh, the first couple of sentences under implication and application, but it says this, let me be clear about two things. First, I do not mean to imply that we are stupid and incapable of making logical and informed decisions. Absolutely we are. My point is I think sometimes we prefer to make this, I don't even know that we prefer, I just think that we do without thinking about it. We make decisions more on comfort and convenience than again on decisions and factual information. So we are certainly capable of making logical and informed decisions. Second, I acknowledge that gut feelings and experience are sometimes a good basis of correct decisions. And then it says, and I hope that I've stressed this well today, what's important here is not the debate about common sense. It is the application of that debate, same quote, we must lead, manage, and interact with people as they are, not the way we wish they were. That means we cannot and should not rely on our own common sense or the common sense of others. Decision-making tools, validating assumptions, questioning attitude, safety culture. I just, I cannot stress enough. And I'm reading back through the chat now and I'm uh, reliance on PPE and or common sense is last. Yeah. If you look at the hierarchy of controls, thank you for that comment. PPE is always last. And I just, if you don't, it's always a great exercise. Just go out and listen to your job briefings and read some of the documentation from them. 
I almost guarantee it in 50% of the time, if not more, you'll see, here's a hazard. Here's what PPE we need. Let's go to work. And we skip the whole top part of the hierarchy of control. So to sort of repeat, and now I'd, I'd again, after some of this discussion, I really welcome some more of your thoughts, either verbally with your hand raised and or in the chat window on what we've talked about so far. But we talked about, first of all, what common sense is, how common it actually is. We talked about the fact that people are different, right? Now, I, I, I just can't stress enough, and this is another a whole nother discussion on culture and, and developing relationships and whatnot, but people are equal. They always have to be equal, but they're never the same. And then we, we kind of went through to prove that common sense didn't exist with assuming it does in a world based on common sense. And that's just, to me, that was really fascinating to think about is if common sense really existed, if it was truly common, if we all thought the same way and whatever else, you know, what would the world look like? And then I think if you, if you, and the pandemic was a good example that somebody gave, if you look at how things actually are, that probably goes a long way to saying, you know, the world obviously is not based purely on common sense, no doubt. The important thing was the implication and the application of that, where we talked about these decision-making tools and using those. And, you know, not that the IP fundament, frontline fundamentals column and these webinars are necessarily always like in order and structured and one follows the other and whatnot. But if you go back and look up some of the past articles, there's articles in there that explain these decision-making tools in detail. There's articles as recently as last, well, two months ago, it was published every other month, uh, about the hierarchy of control and a lot of what we were talking about. There's articles about culture. So uh, in addition to the rest of the magazine, I highly in encourage you to do those. So let me take a moment here and welcome some more thoughts from anybody. Again, type them in the chat window, raise your hand. And I will unmute you and you can you can share verbally. And I'm certainly interested to know too your opinion on was this a worthwhile discussion? Was this a good topic? Oh, you always kind of wonder that when you when you're writing articles and doing webinars and uh, we want to make sure that we keep these focused on things that will benefit you more so obviously in your professional life, but hopefully in your personal life as well. Uh, so feedback on that, but uh, that question as well, but common sense, what, what thoughts do you, have we changed anybody's thoughts? Um, oh, here we go. Thank you. I love it. Here we go. Uh, here's a question. Uh, and I'll tell you I, one thing that I love about groups like this and uh, a lot of you said about the IP community is we just had a conference last week and it's so true how willing people are to share. So I love when somebody asks a great question like how do we deal with what we don't know? I'd welcome anybody else to answer that as well. I'll offer a couple of thoughts on it in a moment. But if anybody has a thought on that, what, what, what when you don't know and or worse yet? you don't know what you don't know kind of thing. And what if you think you know, but you don't know, but you think you're right. 
And I hope that made sense the way I said that, because you're asking a great question right now. How do we deal with what we don't know? And we did talk about back here, and I'll go back to uh, thank you for answering STAR. I love STAR. Always, STAR always works. Stop, think, act, review. Stop, think about what am I getting ready to do? Do I truly know how to do it? Am I prepared? Do I have the right training? Do I have the right tools? Do I have the right equipment? If the answer to that is no, then you stop. Your stop just got a lot longer before you act. If the answer to that is yes, you act, then you review. It goes back to the questioning attitude as well. The second you start to realize, I don't know, I'm not sure, I'm making an assumption right now, stop validating assumptions and involve your team, right? It amazes me when you listen to work planning discussions, how often folks just, it's kind of a one-way conversation with a crew leader or whoever's theoretically in charge. And always for any given task, never forget the people that usually know how to do it best are the ones closest to the work that do it every day. So one thing for sure is involve your folks. The other part about that, what we don't know is this has to be included in your training program. There was a fascinating, fascinating presentation at the IP conference last week. And it's centered around, among other things, talking about how you create a safe environment for folks to speak up and to ask questions. And it was so good. Um, and yes, 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 yes. And big yes, capital yes. I'm going to type in capital yes, just because I'm excited about what I'm reading right now. Yes. Why? The word why. Always good to examine the why and head off the unknown expectations and communicate, specifically when identifying and mitigating hazards. So one of the things with what we don't know is, and you don't do this for literally everything that you ever do, but really when you go back to work, start thinking about like, why are we doing this job this way? And, and, and if your answer is, well, we've always done it this way. You're making an assumption that that's the right way to do it. There may be a better way. Now you got to go ask some questions. When you're observing other people work, ask them why they're doing a job the certain way. The super simple example is that I like to use of that is I want to evaluate somebody that's driving and I want to evaluate whether they're using proper following distance or not. What's easy to do is hop in the vehicle with them and just check off using the time interval rule, whether they're doing it or not. What gives me a whole lot more complete and better information is to say, ask them, why? Explain your following distance to me. The answer may be, I don't know, the speed I'm going, speed they're going, we are where we are, or they just pulled off the intersection and whatever, and or they may say, you know, I don't, I don't remember exactly the time interval rule, but one second of following distance for every 10 feet of your vehicle length, see that sign, one, 1,000, two, 1,000, three, 1,000. Then you know that they know. And now you're not, you, you have validated an assumption that they were doing, uh, there's a clip I show a lot in some of the training classes and it's a lady talking about coaching and feedback, Cherie Haley, and she's, she's super, I love her presentations. But one of the things she says is never assume, even if somebody's doing something right, that they, number one, know it's right, and number two, will repeat it unless they know that it's right. So a lot of it really does revolve around that word, why? 
I, I tell people all the time that really, if you want to become a good safety person, actually a great safety person, the one thing you need to do, get really good at using the word why. Understand why incidents happen. Understand why somebody's behaving the way they are. Understanding why the culture exists that exists. And that is so, so good. And yeah, I'm glad. And, and you should on your internal and contractor or whatever else. That questioning attitude and the why should be part of any observation process. Oh, I, I got to read this one. You, you, y'all are so smart and I appreciate the input. After training and verification that training is understood, communication has to result in mutual understanding. Training is a form of communication. I love that. We can count on common knowledge. I agree with that. If I've been trained, my training's understood, I've been evaluated, I know how to do a job, I should be able to do that job without you telling me how to do it. However, common sense cannot be counted on even if it does exist. I love, yes, that's so true. I agree. Unfortunately, common knowledge can be ignored then when somebody sees benefit in ignoring it. Now we're getting into if we have common knowledge and I make a conscious choice to do something contrary to common knowledge, that is what we define as a violation. And if something's a violation, that means it is an intentional act to go against what I know I should do. And culture does need to reinforce common knowledge, whatever that looks like. Communication equals common sense. I like that. Uh, so in the five lines, you know, as simple as that is, I, I somewhat laugh sometimes at all the, and I'm not criticizing them at all. And I'm sure most of you probably use something similar, but you know, the tap roots and the fishbone diagrams and all the things that there are that are hugely resource intensive to do a root cause analysis. And if you just ask the question why five times, you almost always will end up somewhere near the same point with a whole lot less time and effort. I'm not proposing one over the other and saying that, but the five lines is a good tool. The reason uh, it's been around so long, but I, I love all this conversation about understanding why. Yeah, have a culture where people are comfortable to speak up and ask questions. Absolutely. And, I, and I'm glad I've seen some of the comments about the presentation again. I forgot to ask that question. Uh, other thoughts? we got about 10 minutes left. And I really, really, really appreciate all the thoughts and insights that, that you've had is so one thing I wanted to point out, um, I'm making the assumption here that most of you subscribe to Incident Prevention Magazine. Probably a lot of you have the CUSP credential and are familiar with our education at the Incident Prevention Institute. Just let me take a moment and uh, some of the things that I wanna highlight. Frontline Fundamentals is the name of the magazine column and the webinar. They're based on the Frontline Program, which is available online. And, you know, we also do live webinars sometimes to supplement those and the program can be customized. It is, I guess you'd say, sort of our top tier training offering at the IP Institute. I love teaching Frontline classes because we get involved in discussions with great people like you 
about topics like this and folks come and we just, you learn so much during, I learn something every time that theoretically it's, it's, I don't even like to say I'm teaching the class because uh, I'm there to learn as well, but job briefings, huge topic. We, we talked about them a little bit today. We just launched what, two months ago, month and a half ago, recently, we just recently launched a job briefing. Uh, there is a course called job briefings for crew leaders that is purely computer-based. And then there's a course called job briefings for supervisors that serves as a train the trainer for that. So that gives you kind of a comprehensive package and it is so good. It talks some of this, it doesn't use the term common sense, but it talks about how to eliminate a lot of what the complacency, the risk tolerance, some of those things as part of your job briefings. Uh, I definitely wanted to mention courses on the OSHA electric power standards. If you read the IP magazine again this month, Pam and Matt who teach that class have a column in there. Uh, I'm trying to point you in the right directions. And of course, you know how it is when you're trying to find something. It's on page 20 about minimum approach distance and what's required about that. A lot of topics like that. That's an online program as well. And then you all are so great at participating. I've got to invite you the next monthly IPI forum, it's free, it's free, is it's this Friday. It's this Friday at, I believe, 11 o'clock in the morning. Let me make sure I'm not lying to you. Yes, 11 o'clock in the morning. And what we do, and I've got a long list of topics that folks have already submitted, but uh, we come and just folks like you share with your peers. And we say about our forum is we, our role in it is to sort of host the virtual platform and ask the questions and then just let the discussion go where it may. So it's a great chance to learn, uh, benchmark off your peers, see what other folks are doing, ask questions. If you've had any issues, see if other folks are having the same issues. We love those forums and what makes them valuable is for people to come. So I can't encourage you enough, uh, come to that if at all possible. Uh, and you can somewhere in the chat window right now, I'll put in the ip-institute.com. I didn't spell it right. Uh, there you go. You can just pop that in your web browser. You can find links to all these programs. And I, I just, I can't encourage you enough. Come to some of the education if you can, but definitely some of the free things like these webinars. Uh, we'll have another one again uh, let me pull the schedule back up. What did I say? July 14th. Yeah. July 14th be the next one of these frontline fundamentals webinars, the monthly IPI forum. Um, do we have any new CUSPs? Any of you new CUSPs? Yeah. Um, so, uh, also Friday at one o'clock PM, there is a CUSP orientation webinar, which is something new. It's the first time we've ever had one. So if anybody that's a CUSP wants to come to it, uh, we'll talk about, make sure you understand how to submit your points, um, whatever else, uh, just whatever questions you have about CUSP, maintenance points, all that kind of thing. Uh, it's free as well. And I'm sure somewhere in that website, there's a link to it. So sign up for that. You do get CUSP points for these webinars. Uh, I thought somebody was going to log in from our group and give you a link 
to submit your points and I don't see anybody else logged in. So here's what we're going to do behind the scenes real quick. Uh, I am uh, only answer this question if you are a CUSP, uh, but I'll just ask the question uh, and I'll mark the time down so I know what time I ask it. Uh, if you are a CUSP and you want points for this webinar, just click yes right now. Now make sure you don't do that anonymously because if you do it anonymously, obviously we won't know who you are. Uh, and we'll, we'll pull a report and make sure that you get your points. Now, I always tell people as well, you know, don't assume <laughs> after this whole presentation today that we'll just give you your points and things will magically work. Verify that it's done. Somebody asked a great question, and I love this question. How do you approach teaching common sense in a positive manner so the crew will buy into the culture? And one of the things I would suggest is have a, have a conversation like we do today and maybe just start with whatever task you're going to do that way and have each person on the, the team or the crew say, you know, like common sense, based on your common sense, how do you think we should do this job or make up a scenario and have some of that discussion, but involve your team in a discussion, you know, don't just go tell them, Hey, common sense doesn't exist. And you all are a, you know, whatever. Uh, so that would be one suggestion for me is involve your team in the discussion, just like we did today. Discuss common sense. Is it that common? Does it even exist at all? And I would imagine if you just let two or three people talk for a minute about their views on common sense, it would become very obvious, at least that it's not common among that team. And that would be your baseline starting point there to say, okay, given that, uh, so that would be one suggestion I would have uh, for approaching in a positive manner because positive usually does work. I want to make sure uh, that everybody answered yes to this poll question that wants their, uh, is it point four points you get for this webinar? I think that's true. Uh, and I've got the chat too. So uh, if you just type yes and you're saying, yes, I want points, maybe retype a chat and say, yes, I would like my points or yes, CUSP points or something like that. And I'll make sure somebody on the back end goes through and reconciles all that. And repeat what I said, if it happens to be me on the back end, uh, you will definitely need to verify that it was actually done. All right, so I'm going to end the poll question. And I am going to, uh, Thank you all again for being here. Again, please continue reading the IP and please, please, please uh, come back to some of these webinars. If you've got topics you wanna to hear about in the webinars, in the magazine, shoot me an email. Uh, I hope that this discussion was worthwhile. Usually, you know, like if, you, if you're, right, if it's a safety related magazine and you write an article about the hierarchy of controls, it's gonna be applicable. This is one of those topics I wasn't sure whether it would be a benefit or not. So I appreciate your feedback on that too. Uh, hope to see you again. Everybody stay safe, be well, and thank you again for being here. Please support our sponsors who help us to provide this valuable content to you. To learn more about how TND Power Skills can help you with their proven training solutions, go to tdpowerskills.com. T&D Power Skills, creating the standard in line worker training. <laughs>